0: Welcome to the "This Is the Place" podcast. New technologies here, growing faster each year. This is the place. I'm Meg Walter in studio today with Chris Rawl. Hey, Chris.
1: Meg, it's a pleasure to join you today on this very fine Tuesday.
0: Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for being here, Meg. We should always start by thanking one another for being in studio. <laughs> That's how I prefer these podcasts to start. For doing our We've job. never shown proper gratitude Bare to one minimum.
0: another. we just showed up. <laughs> um good
1: work for showing up today and actually doing what we're supposed to do well, what's new there's all sorts of things that are new what's new with you you're a pregnant woman I'm you have much more woman. new things going on in your I'm life than i do. a pregnant
0: woman and i am only like halfway and i feel like december is three million years from now
1: <laughs> technically it's
0: did i just bring you down yeah sorry
1: <laughs> but i like when the podcast starts like that because then we can only climb upwards If we peek out at the start, then we have to end in a dark place, which we have on many occasions on this podcast. But when we start slow, we just ramp it up and we're so happy. We're laughing at the end. We've forgotten that we're pregnant. December seems like it's two days away.
0: Let's start a new thing where at the beginning of every podcast, we read like a really depressing statistic.
1: (laughs) I just want each of us to come with like a really, really personal story that is really tragic and sad. And we just share that on air to start. Oh, here's this is the place podcast. Anyway, I lost my left leg. (laughs) last saturday in an atv accident
0: i'm fine i'm pulling through <laughs>
1: luckily i have both my legs so
0: all right so i can work that today being wednesday we released our newsletter with a number of stories pertaining to utah we're gonna dig into a few of those first our fearless leader clint Beck. is he our leader sure no i mean
1: I consider him our cowardly contemporary.
0: Our contemporary who happens to pay us. He uh, (laughs) wrote an in-depth look at the possible gubernatorial candidates for 2020. And it is really something.
1: It's a doozy. It features all sorts (laughs) of stats I personally wasn't aware of. It features artwork by our designer, Josh, that is to die for. Yeah. He has these China doll portraits of everybody. I don't know how he came up with it. I don't know how he comes up with virtually anything that's on our website. But I'm his number one fan. And all I want to do is become a graphic designer.
0: It's really great. So
1: he created a bunch of stuff. This was based upon a Salt Lake Tribune poll that was conducted a few months ago where they asked people who we thought would be governor in 2020. And so there were five people whose names stood out. Jason Chaffetz, Spencer Cox, Sean Race, Rob Bishop, Greg Hughes. So Clint, for reasons we can't fully determine, started breaking each of these candidates down based upon pros and cons. And then in addition to that, he came up with campaign slogans for each of them. And Josh made campaign banners, which I highly encourage all these people to use. They're my favorite part of the whole article.
0: Yeah, no, it's really great. The candidates he has listed here are Jason Chaffetz, Spencer Cox, Sean Reyes, Rob Bishop, and Greg Hughes. Again, according to that Salt Lake Tribune poll. What was alarming to me about that poll was that Jason Chaffetz was getting the most votes for governor. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Jason Chaffetz is best known for going on Fox News and saying that poor people shouldn't buy iPhones.
1: If they, well, I wouldn't say he, best known. He's best known for a lot of things.
0: He's known for, he didn't say poor people shouldn't buy iPhones. He said if poor people didn't buy iPhones, they could afford healthcare.
1: care. <laughs> Strangely, maybe out of touch with give that, people give that around him.
0: 30 seconds worth of thought.
1: <laughs> he leg wrestled Stephen Colbert.
0: He did. That's right.
1: Which he's also known for. He he went off on Benghazi for like what seemed like it was 16 years, which doesn't make sense because it didn't happen that long ago. But
0: G- kind of gave up as senator.
1: Yeah. It, I think when Trump came into town, he was like, eh, I'm good. I'm going to go chill with his family. Clint has a lot of stats on him that are really quite funny. When the Salt Lake Tribune poll came out, they asked him if he was going to be running for governor, and he said he's a definite maybe, which ends up being his campaign slogan, according to Clint. Definite. And the banner for that one with leg wrestling dudes from like 1920 is just, it's its really good, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah. Let's see. We also, we have Spencer Cox, who's like a Twitter darling. Yes. I don't know if it's I don't know millennials who just think he's great or if it's statewide.
1: So you know that I'm not that involved with politics yeah. i try to keep my own kind of space right right i know nothing of spencer cox except for he's on twitter and he's a farmer in yeah. like middle utah
0: he's on twitter and he has pretty reasonable takes on twitter which i think is rare for a politician.
1: they're just about the jazz though right
0: uh they're about the jazz and then like occasionally political things that are pretty level-headed
1: like lukewarm takes or level-headed like takes?
0: moderate takes,
1: moderate takes so just kind of sitting on the fence type deal or what
0: M- more like i don't want to misquote him okay <laughs> Like that i love I'm, that
1: you're tiptoeing around well, his i'm Twitter getting account. into
0: dangerous <laughs> territory but pretty reasonable opinions about a lot of things like we should all be nice to each other and oh okay we should probably not lie so he's
1: approaching politics like a human like being, a human rather being. than a politician exactly which if politics has shown us anything, it's that you cannot maintain that the more political you become.
0: Oh, it's so depressing.
1: You know it's not dangerous? His campaign slogan, which Clint created for him, which is, we grew extra tomatoes this year if you want some. <laughs> He's a farmer, and apparently he has extra tomatoes, which, if that's not a running platform, I don't know what is. Not
0: the, it is the best thing I've ever heard.
1: I would vote in two seconds for somebody who offered me fresh tomatoes, and that's not a joke.
0: Tell me about Sean Reyes here.
1: Sean Reyes... His campaign advisor, when he heard about the Salt Lake Tribune poll, said, we don't give a flip about a Salt Lake Tribune yes. poll. Is, uh, flip is a great Utah word. That
0: is perfect.
1: Flip is like the harsher version of freak. You know how people will substitute? Frick. Yeah, they'll substitute the, instead of the F word, they'll have like frick or freak or something along those lines. Flip is between those. It shows you're a little bit more serious. We don't give a flip about this. Yeah. But it's also not, well, I got to go and tell my bishop that this happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> So it's like a good middle ground because you can stress how serious you are while also not being sinful. Sure. Which we obviously believe that saying the F word is a great sin. I I speak for myself and for you. You
0: speak
1: (laughs) for yourself. So his, his campaign slogan, it's about flipping time. Also very good.
0: That is good. Rob Bishop, who is all in on Space Force.
1: Rob Bishop, who we covered in the newsletter not too long ago, there was an article in the Deseret News about Utah's interest in Space Force and just Utah's kind of general standing as this weird, I don't even know what the correct word is. We were some building block for the space program. Sure. We don't know that that's true, but that's what the Deseret News article was quoting politicians saying.
0: Does anyone actually know what Space Force is?
1: Does anyone know what we do in space period right now? I don't. I feel like nobody's been into space in 30 years.
0: I feel like we hurl our garbage up there sometimes. We
1: throw like weird bots and stuff and they go and like pick up rocks from Mars and come back and that's we're like, sad, oh great, that that's cool. That Mars
0: rover thing sings happy birthday to itself every year. Is that true? Yeah, it's so sad. Wh-
1: what are you talking about?
0: Yeah, it's like every June something. or Maybe it's August.
1: That's the saddest thing I've ever I know, heard. I know. How do you know what... Month the birthday of the Mars rover is it just
0: happened? I think it's August.
1: It sings happy birthday to itself, like yeah. all day or just once.
0: Just once.
1: <laughs> Does it ever talk to itself again?
0: Isn't that sad? Like, why would they? Why did it they to do? do that?
1: That's so rude.
0: Yeah, freaking NASA, uh, flipping NASA. August fifth, it sings happy birthday to itself.
1: August fifth, the Mars rover sings happy birthday to itself. Light years away from any form of life.
0: Just feel sad about that for a
1: <laughs> If Rob Bishop tries to run for governor, I'm going to ask him so many questions about the Mars rover.
0: And how we can save it from itself.
1: I'm like, can we at least send it new lines of code that will allow it to say other things? Can we send it a friend? It would be less sad if another rover was singing happy birthday to the original rover and vice versa, right? Yeah. Like you have somebody to celebrate it with.
0: Yeah.
1: Imagine you sitting at home by yourself on your 32nd, 33rd birthday singing. That's so grim.
0: Pretty bad. The weird thing about Rob Bishop is I feel like he's always kind of flying under the radar. I don't hear a lot about Rob Bishop. He used to be
1: a history teacher for like 30 years. I think that's why he's flying under the radar.
0: But he's a politician now.
1: Yeah, but he's a politician. He's He's a representative. He's currently, yeah, he's part of the U.S. House of Representatives. So I
0: hear a lot about Mia Love, and I hear a lot about Chris Stewart, and maybe that's because those are my district, like those are kind of close to where I live. Don't hear much about Rob
1: Bishop. That's actually a pretty good point. I think he's so tuned in to space (laughs) that he's like, I have no time for these worldly matters. He's just all
0: in on space.
1: (laughs) Every time they show up to vote on something, he's like, is this happening in outer space? I don't even care. Vote Uh, yes, vote no, it doesn't matter. I need to know more about space. Just
0: focus on space. (laughs) And then the final possible candidate that Clint has profiled here is Greg Hughes, the current Utah Speaker of the House. And the slogan we have for Greg Hughes is vote for the guy in the $6,300 suit because apparently one time he wore a nice suit.
1: Apparently he's known for very nice suits. Really? Well, the best stat of him that Clint breaks out is that he has the letters LB stitched into his suits and shirts. Do you know what that stands for? Tell me. Lucky Bastard.
0: That's worse than a personalized license
1: plate. That is worse than anything I've ever heard in the history of mankind and womankind I just, and like, space.
0: Threw up a little All of outer God.
1: space. That is sadder than the Mars rover singing to itself. Oh my gosh!
0: I just got so depressed.
1: Imagine if you were hanging out with somebody and you saw their shirt flip open. You saw a little LB, and you're like, "Oh, what's 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 that about?" They're like, "Oh, it's my nickname, Lucky Bastard." Yeah. I would melt into a puddle and slip into a sewer because that would be a better place to be than listening to somebody talk who's called Lucky Bastard.
0: Yeah, It's not good. It's bad.
1: He wears very expensive suits, though.
0: I'll be honest. This article kind of brings me down. (laughs) You can take
1: one of two stances on this article. One, pretty big downer. I don't know how into any of these people I am running for governor, but then what it also boils down to is I'm not really into anybody, period, running for governor because I just don't trust anybody to be a politician. Right. The flip side is there are so many funny things about all of these people, and Clint does a good job diving into that. If you look at it as glass half full, it's like, "Mm, all right, one of these people is governor. There's going to be so many funny things that are happening. Some guy named Lucky Bastard walking around, like passing laws and shaking people's hands at groundbreaking ceremonies. That's good. That is good. That's so good.
0: It's going to be interesting to see what actually happens when it comes time to get serious about the governor race. What do you mean by that? I mean, like, who's actually running, how they do. I just, the thought of thinking, like, you know what, people like me. I think that I'm going to run for governor. To even get to that place just takes a lot. Can you you
1: imagine being a politician?
0: No. It would be so hard. Do you watch Veep?
1: Yeah, it's my favorite show.
0: It's the best.
1: It's literally the funniest show.
0: And watching Veep has shown me that you really have to be a certain type of person to be a politician, and it's not the kind of person <laughs> I want to hang out with.
1: I don't think anybody's that type of person. That's why politics are so funny.
0: Yeah. Everything
1: about politics goes contrary to human nature. I really do believe that. Yeah. It just encourages these things that you would never have developed anywhere else except for in the realm of politics.
0: It's It's rough.
1: <laughs> so we're excited for our new governor here yeah. in a couple of years. Can't wait to see. Can't wait to see you're here.
0: Quickly, let's kind of cover a couple of these other things. We have a story about a retirement home getting super into virtual reality.
1: Yeah, so there's a story on Desert News. It's by Alec Williams. And old people with technology is always wild, right? Yeah. Like we all have crazy stories about... Seeing old people try to engage with technology.
0: My grandpa will like my Instagram post from like three months ago.
1: (laughs) What's he doing there?
0: That's what I don't understand.
1: Do you know what the best is? Are old people on Facebook that they don't fully understand how Facebook works or anything on the Internet. And they'll type in what they want to have happen. Like, Tell me where Chipotle is, but yeah. that's their Facebook post because yeah. they don't know what what it's going to. They yes. just think that you like put information I've out there and it's magically people, reciprocated.
0: You know how you can use the search function on Facebook to like look up people. Yes, I've seen older people post <laughs> the name of someone who they meant to search for. That's good. If Facebook was just that, I'd be on Facebook Can right you now. Imagine That's so being funny. Being the person being searched for and saying that.
1: Oh, if there's ever an old person trying to track me down on Facebook, I will have sunk into such a dark place I don't even know what to yeah. say. Yeah. That's insane. Pretty grim. So thankfully, not all old people are unwilling to engage with technology. And there's a retirement community. It's called Cove Point, retirement community in Provo. Cool. They've got a bunch of virtual reality simulators, and they brought them in for their patrons, you know, all these retired people. And they have this tour of southern Utah and old As people— As
0: though you're in a plane.
1: It's like you're in a plane wandering around southern Utah and checking out the sights and the sounds, right? So these old people are loving it because if you're an old person and you did virtual reality, imagine how blown your mind would be. Old people's minds are blown when they send emails.
0: You should really— up the pictures.
1: So the number one takeaway from this article is you need to go to it just to see the pictures because these people are strapped into these chairs and their faces, they're mixed between terror and ecstasy yeah. and everything in between Dwight. those two things. Yeah, They're screaming, they're friends together. It's so funny, right? It's great. Which makes me think this is the kind of retirement community that I want to be a part of. Right, I'm greatly worried about that right now as a 32 year old.
0: Me too. What kind of retirement community am I going to live in? I think about it a lot. I'm not joking. I think about where I'm going to end up when I'm old, like quite a bit.
1: Are you going to hold it against your kids when they're? We just need to put her in a retirement community. I
0: don't know because it seems like they have a good time.
1: Yeah, they're strapped into virtual reality, yeah. screaming. And My hollering. grandma
0: like had a boyfriend at the end. You know what? But, yeah,
1: that sounds awesome.
0: I know. Uh, he was at her funeral. It was sweet. That, that is so nice. I know.
1: I feel like when you go to retirement community, it's just like open season. Oh, yeah. Isn't it?
0: Because they're like, what, I've got like four years left?
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'll go after anybody. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Give me a freaking potted plant.
0: Speaking of old people, <laughs> there's a, there's this guy who just completed his thousandth hike to Timp.
1: Have you ever hiked Timp? It's hard. It's not like some Sunday stroll in the park. I
0: exercise regularly. I'm, hiking Timp is... Not
1: easy. Hiking temp is a full day excursion.
0: And it's steep and intense and kind of scary. There's a scramble at the top.
1: Oh, it's scary for me to hike the Y. Are you kidding me? Yeah.
0: No, yeah. So this is nothing to scoff at. This guy's done it a thousand times and he's 76.
1: Here's my first question. Is that number real or is he just like estimating? His age
0: or how many times he's... His age.
1: (laughs) I question whether he's 76 or not. No. No. Who would keep this close of track of hiking Mount Timpanogos? That doesn't make sense to me.
0: How many times does he have to have done that every summer?
1: Well, if he's doing... How old is he? 76. 76. So he's probably been doing it for what?
0: Since he was like 20, let's say.
1: So like 50 years. So he has to do it 20 times a year.
0: That's so much.
1: That's a lot. That's that's a lot.
0: That's multiple times a week in the summer.
1: No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If it's just in the summer. That's true. Yeah. Because you, you can really only hike it, or... it nah, in the winter, that's true.
0: right? That's
1: a pretty good point.
0: There's like half a year when you. That's can't a lot. Do it. That's so this much. is I
1: I question this number.
0: Let's uh bring him in.
1: Like, is this one of those things where he goes home and he writes a scratch on his bedpost and then suddenly he had a thousand for Timpanogos or what? How do you arrive at this number <laughs> definitively? I want to know this.
0: It's probably a guess.
1: I don't doubt that it's a lot of hikes. I really yeah, but don't.
0: You can't you can't write a headline that says man completes a lot of hikes.
1: Yeah, but when does he just randomly decide like oh. I've been hiking Temple a Lot lately. I've hiked it 533 times, and then from that point forward, you're like keeping these detailed notes of stuff. How, how do you determine that? Who's when you're ask 25 years, notes, though? when you're 25 years old and you're hiking Mount Tampanugas, there's no possible way you're keeping track of your hikes. Let's say you're hiking it 20 times a year. There's no way you get to the end of the year and you're like, I definitively know I hiked it 20 times. You could be like, eh, I've hiked at a monster year. Maybe it was like 20 or 30 or 15. I don't know. But there's no way you've kept that detailed of track.
0: I don't know. Maybe he's super organized.
1: Maybe he's an organized man. Um, Regardless, that's very impressive for somebody to be hiking temp this much.
0: Good job, Benjamin Woolsey.
1: What's the least least amount of physical activity that you would be impressed by somebody doing a thousand times? Push-ups? If I did a thousand push-ups in my life, would you be impressed?
0: I'd be impressed. (laughs) I knew it. I'm impressed by pretty much anything. Would you be impressed (laughs) I love that you're impressed.
1: I've probably done a thousand push-ups, so you actually are impressed. I'm impressed. You consider me to be like one of your strongest
0: friends? Yes. Hands down. (laughs) You
1: consider me to be your strongest friend.
0: Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Um, There's a zombie walk coming to Salt Lake.
1: I know that you live in Salt Lake. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a zombie walk?
0: Uh, Actually, not in Utah, but when we lived in Colorado, they did zombie walks.
1: This is the first I've heard of it. And it sounds terrifying, and people congregate in downtown Salt Lake. They did it last Sunday. Okay. They get together, and they dress up incredibly lifelike zombies. Their makeup and disguises are, like, freaky. (sighs) Sounds
0: like a lot of work.
1: And then they go run around the streets, and people who are just on the streets obviously aren't a part of this. Yeah. And the pictures that are in this article— they're screaming at these people who are like eating pizza. There's like this lady walking by Pioneer Park, and they're like surrounding her. And she's like, she looks legitimately terrified, as I would be if I yeah, were in shoes.
0: Yeah, that shouldn't be legal.
1: That's what I was confused about.
0: Well, let's Doesn't stop. it seem like some weird form of terrorizing? People. Yeah, I don't like that. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, the Ringer wrote a story. Well, not a story. A think piece. What's it called? It's, a no, story. it's like a sports.
1: A sports story. I love that you think sports has all different lingo.
0: They do. Every time I listen to Two Strike <laughs> Bunt, I'm like, what are they even talking about?
1: <laughs> That's valid.
0: But they wrote this thing. Are we sure that Utah isn't the, sec- the West's second best team?
1: Yeah, I would highly encourage all jazz fans and especially basketball nerds to go and check this out because it has a ton of really good information and stats backing up this idea that Okay, the West is pretty open after Golden State and maybe Houston. Houston has like a little bit more they have to incorporate this year than last year. So, like, maybe their number two spot is up for grabs. So, uh, DJ Foster, who writes for The Ringer, makes a pretty compelling case of hey, you know, why not Utah throwing their hat in the ring for that number two spot?
0: What Have they factored in? uh...
1: They factored in we have Donovan Mitchell, and he's only the coolest person on planet Earth.
0: But have they factored in the new Lakers team with LeBron James?
1: So the Lakers are kind of interesting in that, A, nobody knows what to expect. B, they're trying to get this entirely new roster of people to gel together, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure will be really rocky at the start of the season. Um, By season's end, it could be a whole different story. There's a lot of young talent there that... I think, will work well with LeBron. It's just a matter of them learning how to play together. But gotcha. then there's this whole other part of the roster, like Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, all these weird free agents they've signed that like don't really fit with how LeBron plays. Yeah. So I just don't know what to expect. You know me. In times of doubt, I'm just always going to ride with LeBron because yeah. that's what basketball has shown me to do. he's your ride or die. Because he's my ride or die. And so I would always lean towards LeBron in any case. Yeah. But Utah's team is legit and... Making a case for Donovan Mitchell to take another step is pretty easy based upon how his rookie season went, which was, by all accounts, every week he's taking in all these concepts and studying film and applying them immediately. And if he has a whole offseason and he's still doing that, what could his game be this year? Who knows? It's going to be better, right? Yeah. That seems logical.
0: Man, I need to read it.
1: You need, um, a, you need to wear your Donovan Mitchell jersey to the next podcast we record.
0: I hope it still fits.
1: <laughs> oh, no. December can't come soon December enough, Meg. Not
0: come soon enough. I got to go to all the jazz games I can before December because I can't bring a newborn to jazz games. Oh, I call dibs on tickets. Uh, uh,
1: I consider myself a pretty empathetic person and kind, but I draw the line at me giving my jazz tickets to you.
0: No, I don't want to take them from you. I want to take them from other people. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Thanks. Good note to end on.
0: This has been another (laughs) top shelf episode of the This Is The Place. We do consider it top shelf. Uh, Please leave us ratings and reviews. I feel like we're going to get lost now that we're on the Beehive. People are
1: starting to rate and review the Beehive stuff. And we just switched this over last week. And so people had left a lot of very kind and nice reviews about this is the place on Silicon Slope. And now
0: they're meaningless.
1: Now they literally mean nothing to us. (laughs) We need constant validation, and if you don't give it every week, screw you.
0: We, no, we, like, cease to exist if we don't get validation. We really
1: do. We, like, slowly dwindle in size
0: and stature. The point is you should leave us a rating and review. Only if they're good, though. We don't want your negative feedback. We don't have time for that. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you again next week.